welcome to Eruption, where we talk about music, music news, music stuff, and anything else that comes up. What up, T? How's it going? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> great, great. So apparently Kid Cudi, not so great. Yeah. Just got the news. He checked himself into rehab for a depression with some suicidal urges. Yep. On um, October 4th, he posted quite a long letter to his Facebook page about his depression and letting his fans know what was going on. Um, An excerpt from that, he said, I'm not at peace. I haven't been since you've known me. If I didn't come here, I would have done something to myself. I simply am a damaged human swimming in a pool of emotions every day of my life. Same. (laughs) There's a rage and violent storm inside of my heart at all times. I don't know what peace feels like, and I don't know how to relax. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's deep. I mean, there's more to that. Um, And throughout that letter, he's constantly apologizing. Yeah, he's uh, he's apologizing, and um, even at the end, he says, um, I feel like shit, I feel so ashamed. Oh. That's crazy. However, on his website, he's got a little bit of sense of humor. Right. He said, could he? Hashtag BRB. BRB. Right. Um, yeah, and he, know, he, he, says, he does say, I'll be back stronger and better. Um, I think it's... I have, I've got so much respect for him for coming out and saying this. Absolutely. I mean, I've known... I don't say personally, but I mean, if you've listened to any of his music, right, in the past eight years... Yeah, it's evident that he's been struggling with this in addition to some of the interviews that he's yeah. had where he's just come out and say, hey, I've, I've been battling depression and, and suicide, you know, takes someone pretty strong to come out of something like that. But hey, yeah, it really, it really does. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's good for him to come out so publicly with this. Absolutely. Because um, mental illness and de- depression and anxiety especially are an issue that we don't really talk about within the music industry we don't really talk about as society right yeah like Um, i mean like let's start there right like that's something that there's just this stigma to that where it's not something that you want to discuss it's seen as a weakness yep um we don't i mean think about it you break a bone you go to the doctor right like no big deal you don't feel ashamed that that happened yeah i mean you might feel ashamed of how you broke your bone. right like if you did something dumb yeah. you know i'm sure you have you know a couple times <laughs> <laughs> however like no big deal post on facebook hey getting better whatever yeah right blah blah but it's not like you're like oh hey what up with my therapist right, you know? yeah yeah no <laughs> selfies with your uh with your psych <laughs> right but yeah, there's um, there's actually an organization in the UK called Help Musicians UK um, yeah. that did a study and found that 60% of musicians have suffered from depression or other psychological issues, and 71% of that 60% mm-hmm. has said that touring is a major factor in those mental health issues. Oh, dude, I could only imagine. When you're touring, you're moving from a, a bus or a van to maybe a hotel or a green room. And then back into the bus or a van to the next state or city where you're going. Right. I mean, uh, traveling period is super rough. Right. But, you know, then you're in, in the spotlight. And I'm sure on top of, um, I mean, once, you know, you're, you're a larger like, like he is, right? You, you've, got, um, you've got to do meet and greets. and Yeah. And, and at the same time, while you're, while you're forced to 
kind of go through this process, you're really cut off from the outside world. Right. You're not you're not in a point where you can decide to go out and see a movie or go yeah. and see a show for yourself, you know, if that's what helps you get through your emotions. Right. And there's actually no time for yourself. No. There's there's <laughs> no time for yourself at all. So I mean, if you've already if you're already struggling with existing depression and, and anxiety like that isolation is just going to make that so much worse right and that's something he's talked about before is just loneliness yeah that's been the biggest thing you know you could be completely surrounded by people it doesn't make any difference you know right. touring or or not yeah and still feel completely alone yeah and there's there's a different feeling with the people that you're surrounded with when they're paid to be there yeah you know yeah um i feel much different when I'm around people at work than I am around outside friends. of work. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm choosing to be with you right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm deciding to spend my time with you, and you're deciding to spend your time with me. Right. But it's, it's not something that, that's new. It's not something that's unique to Kid Cudi either. Um, just in May, in Chicago, the Chicago police were looking for Sinead O'Connor... I remember that. After she had allegedly told some family that she was going to jump off a bridge. Jeez. Um, I remember that. They were looking for her just north of Chicago. Yeah. They found her, um, and everything turned out to be okay. But, you know, she's also had this history of, you know, depression and mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we've we've got literally have a list of artists. Right, yeah. Um, And... They span the gamut, like when it comes to to genre. I mean, we've got everything from like pop with Britney Spears, mm-hmm, her... um, you know, indie artists like the guy from Passion Pit or Halsey, right? Um, old standards, Leonard Cohen, right? Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, Beach Boys. Um, so you know, like the ones that everyone knows, you know, Kurt, Kurt Cobain, Cobain, Amy, Amy Winehouse. Winehouse. <laughs> with those, especially with Amy Winehouse. Um, and and Kurt Cobain also, they're the people surrounding them that were in control of their careers. Oh, they played a huge part in that. Yeah, played played a, played a huge part of it and exploited it because it was part of their image. It was part of their artistry. Totally. Yeah, you can't have uh, a clean cut Seattle grunge rock group. Right. Not at all. It just no. does not work. <laughs> not at all. That's the thing when you have people who are financially invested in your career in your career and in your art Mm -hmm. they separate that from you as a person absolutely um but they also realize that you as a person is what is responsible for this art right so they're not going to necessarily care about your well-being Right. But they'll they care if you die to... because if you die then you're not making any money for them, but they don't care if you're feeling sad because I think they know when you're not feeling in your right mind or you're sad or you're conflicted with feelings that your outlet is going to be your music. Yeah, and I, and I would even argue the opposite that they really don't give a fuck if you die. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we've got things like the 27 Club. Um, people romanticize that. Mm-hmm. That's it's, true. And it's easy to market that romanticism. So at the end of the day, if, if you create good art and that art ends up being your demise and, and it kills you. 
it doesn't affect their pocketbook at all. It actually pads it a little bit more because your sales are going to go up. Right. Makes sense. How many new Nirvana fans are there now? Exactly. Yeah. How many? How many? Like they, they weren't even born. That, that's what I was going like, to say. Like kids were born in like '95, and he passed in what like '94. '93. Yeah. yeah. I mean, same in my generation. Like, there was a lot of people I knew that were big fans of Janis Joplin and That's Jim Morrison. That's what I was going to say. Like, how many kids go through that phase? Right. Where you go about 20 years back or so yep. to that. Like, yeah, in the 90s, when I'm, you know, like, middle school, high school, that was that was my time. We liked a lot of bands from the 70s. Yeah. That was the thing. You know, I remember my friend having a, a giant, you know, the Jim Morrison poster. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> the shirtless. Yeah. Yes. It was very sexy, but... Uh, right. <laughs> But yeah, he was, and he was one of those characters, right? Where he was this tortured soul that had very public mental breakdowns, mm-hmm. to the point where he fled the country, right? And you know that resulted in his death. And there were people around him watching this all happen. Oh, totally. and no one stepped in to stop it. And you know, granted, back then, mental health care was a lot different. Very true. Um, and very much in its infancy it didn't mean that you didn't recognize that there was something fucked up. Right. I think back then it was like, you know, you're, you're okay and normal or you're quote unquote crazy and you get put in an institution. Yeah. That, that's, it was kind of black and white. Yeah. Back really, you <laughs> Unfortunately, know. Unfortunately, yeah. Right. But just that, that combination of someone who's already predisposed to this stuff then put in this crazy environment super high stress high expectations Um, yeah and then having these people around them to enable those those behaviors and yeah is something that's gone on for as long as popular music has been a thing as long as record labels have been a thing right you know stories back to you know caretakers for musicians to make sure that they stayed fucked up but not too fucked up right like things always still perform but they weren't sober right like things always come out afterwards right like michael jackson's death yeah nobody knew what was going on that he was you know had this private doctor that was feeding him all these meds right till he dies yeah and then everyone's like oh yeah yeah i mean yeah i kind of knew yeah totally yeah of course known we all use uh general anesthesia to go to sleep (laughs) every night every night you gotta do what you gotta do (laughs) zequil doesn't work anymore nope yeah and that's the thing is that and and when you get to that level as an artist too, like yeah. um, Kid Cudi has had some huge, huge albums and songs, um, pretty decent tours. And even though he's been relatively silent for a while, he's still at a pretty high level as an artist. But when we talk about someone like Michael Jackson, like yeah. who's gonna fucking tell you no? Like nobody. Who's gonna be the one to have the balls to care about you as a person? And not care about you as a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And nobody, like Michael Jackson, not even his parents. I mean, he was at a point, though, where there was... I don't think there was anyone that was very personally connected to him. Because his parents initially thought of him as a paycheck. Yeah. Like, he didn't even have his family to have his back. Right. And and I think that that's, that's another thing that's consistent with the music industry. Right. Like, we've got... Um, Brian Wilson, who is the the principal songwriter and producer for the, the Beach, Beach Boys, Boys. Um, his dad was a fucking nutcase. Really, super encouraging of him pursuing his career in music because he saw it as a free ride. And um, shitty, yeah. 
And, you know, he got to the point with that touring lifestyle, with doing all of the things that he was doing, where he um, had a panic attack on a plane while he was on tour and was just like, you know what, that's it. I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't tour and write and record and teach people these arrangements and produce these albums and not have any time for myself or even just sit down. But now we have artists like Kid Cudi who are willing to, to open up and talk about this stuff. All and we have, and we have foundations, yeah, right, yeah. that are set up. The one you were speaking about, about Help Musicians UK, yep. they kind of go through and, um, you know, reach out to these artists to make sure that they're in a good state of mind, yeah, which really helps their longevity. Um, and I think you're about to talk about Ali Alexander, right? Right, who's been very candid with his, you know, history of anxiety and depression, even eating disorder and self harm. Right. Um, very open about his struggle with that, and I think he, he though is more one of like on the spectrum of like high functioning. Yeah, you know, like depression, anxiety disorders, things like that, um, because he's not one that you would even see like that, right? Like uh, that's really talked about stuff like that. But well, and he's he's also um, in the stage of it where he's been in therapy for years. And he's been on medicine for it for years, um, you know, even before he hit the spotlight. So I think kind of coming into the game, he's at a better He's place. learning how to manage it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw here, too, with the help of um, Help Musicians UK, he actually does his therapy um, sessions via Skype when he's on the road, yeah. which is amazing. Because we talked about, like, keeping a routine or having something similar uh, when you're on the road and, and just doing something like that. Uh, just saying, hey, every every day at this time or once a week, this is what we do. We can sit and regroup and talk about it. You know, and think that exploiting that technology to be able to facilitate that is really huge. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of that whole drug, sex, rock and roll, that drug aspect of things, I think. Oh, that'll totally heighten that experience. Yeah, well, like, I think it's it's a lot of it is a method of coping with the problems that come with being a touring musician with being in the public eye oh totally it's like just a way to get away from reality and everything that's going on right and sort of lower that anxiety yeah and which is you know exactly what therapy is supposed to do it's you know a way to kind of deal with things and cope but not push them off to the side right and that's temporary that could cause long-term issues whereas therapy is like a long-term thing i know ollie was saying you know one of the best things his therapist said to him was i know you're super stressed out about this album and this tour right now and you know you're 25 years old right totally valid for you to be but like yeah is that long term like in three years or five years or ten years are you still going to be this person stressing about this album no that's totally gonna be in the past so like you know think about long-term reasons like and solutions to your problems like is this going to matter in the future and it's good to have someone to ground you like that and he also talked about how you know he's got two other band members and how they just have open discussions like hey you know what i'm feeling kind of low today like i'm not feeling up to par and they can have discussions about why and what's going on yeah. And help themselves. Yeah. Help and each then, other because that's huge. Because if you think about it, you know, they're a team. And if one person isn't feeling it, either they're not going to have a good show or that person's going to not be a productive member right. of the band. 
I don't know, it's just good to have that support system. And I feel like we talked about before, there's that stigma where you don't want to talk about it because you're a weaker link or you're not seen as um, someone that can... Yeah, they can cope. Cope. Well, in the... I think that that... That's very unique. Um, from all the research that we've done for this episode, that experience is incredibly unique. But it does seem to match kind of the general public's experience with mental health issue, issue and depression. According to medical expenditure panel surveys, only 28% of people with depression actually receive treatment during a year-long period where they're feeling this this depression. And, and to be clear, like this is clinical depression. This isn't, you know, I'm sad or, or a case of the blues or dealing with some um, like emotional trauma. Like life event or something, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just, it's, you know, clinical depression. Only 8.1% of all adults who were surveyed for, for the survey mm-hmm. had even talked to a doctor about it. Ever. Ever. Uh, because of that stigma, I think, because, because it's hard to talk about. Right. But the thing is, no one gets ashamed of having a cold, you know? Absolutely. You don't, you don't feel bad about hurting yourself physically because we've just seen as a society that that's something that happens. Yeah. Right? People break bones. People get sick. People go to the doctor. They get better. But when it comes to mental illness, we just we never see it the same way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just almost, super fucked up. Yeah. It's almost like the person having the problem gets blamed for being the cause of it. Right. And that's not the case at all. Like, you can't control that shit. No one wants to feel that way. Right. There's a, the lead singer of a band that I really like called Say Anything. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Max Bemis, and he's been very open in his music and um, all of his interviews and stuff with uh, with his mental health issues. And before one of their most popular albums came out, he actually had a manic episode in Brooklyn where he like got into a fight with a stranger in the street because he was trying to get himself killed. Oh, wow. And... After that, his um, his record label realized and recognized how dangerous it was for him to be on tour and how much that made his mental state worse. And they provided him with a caretaker on tour who was there to ensure that he was taking his meds, that he was doing his therapy appointments. He was doing it over the phone because it was about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and... I think that's also a very unique experience, you know? Yeah. Where we're, we're used to having these people who are around to make sure these artists don't die or that they at least can be productive enough to produce something that can make money. Now there's someone that's, like, legitimately there for their personal well-being. Yeah. That doesn't have, you know, not looking for the end of result of getting more money out of them. Right. That's fantastic. You know, and it's hard to... I think from the view that we have of it, mm-hmm. it's it's easy to see both sides of it. Like, it's easy for me to see the business side of it. Right. Where when I think about how I handle my business, I disconnect myself personally from that. Um, I don't. Yeah. Like, I take things very you, you personally. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also, although I do have a lot of creativity and a lot of creative outlets i'm very much so a type a personality where i'm very anxious i'm constantly thinking um, about ways to do things better i take on way more than i can handle and i'm very 
I'm very obsessive about it. Yeah. The- you know, I'm very much so a perfectionist and a control freak. And um, when there's too much that I can't handle, like it's it's too much sometimes, you know? Yeah. And I'm I'm very much, I'm kind of the opposite when it comes to that stuff because I'm, I'm hyper empathetic. So if I allow myself to get involved personally with that stuff, mm-hmm. I, I can't fucking handle it. There was a, a time where I actually worked at a liquor store. And for the, for the first few months, uh, it was real cool. It was fun. Like, I was trying all of these new cool beers, and I was learning all this stuff about all of this, like, you know, like, history of booze and yeah. all of that. And then I realized that what, what I was selling. Yep. Um, I realized the people who would come in, you know, the mm-hmm. same people that you see every day, the people who come in and buy a pint because they know if they buy a fifth, they'll drink the whole thing that day. Mm-hmm. And it almost fucking killed me. I had to start going to therapy because of it. I had to leave that job because of it. So I can understand how, you know, an A&R or a record exec would separate themselves from that artist. And just think of them as, this is business. Right. Yeah. But I can also very much see the other side of that, where I work with people who I love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I want to see them do well professionally, yeah, but I want to see them do well personally, first and foremost. Totally. So it's it's a weird... It's a Dynamic. Weird, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I feel like I handle myself very well in... You know, typically in normal situations, I usually keep my cool, but I do get very overwhelmed just with, you know, my life and work in general. And as most people would say, it's actually pretty high stress the way that I live. Yeah, I would. You know, like in my work and personal situation. Um, However, I couldn't imagine being in the spotlight and being a successful artist, you know, while I've the things that I've wanted to do in my career, music-wise, have never been in the spotlight. Right. While I've played shows and done things like that, my ultimate goal was to be on the business side because I never, I've never wanted to be in the spotlight. Yeah. You know, like even as a kid getting praise and recognition, I shied away from that. If, if it was my birthday, I would skip school because I didn't want to hear them say my name. Right. You know, if I got a prize, like, um, I got, hey, you... you we're very well behaved. You're going to have a limo ride. I walked home. No joke. <laughs> you, wait, 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 wait. Where were you going to school where you got a limo ride home from being well behaved? Uh, it was sixth grade, and I lived in Reno, Nevada. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you are like the most well behaved person on the bus. It's like, probably because I'm new around here, wow. and I don't really care about these people. And they were like, cool, you and this other girl are going to get to ride home in a limo like a surprise. <laughs> I was like, Yeah dipped and I ran home <laughs> when I was in 6th grade they were like we'd prefer that you didn't take the bus <laughs> <laughs> I typically walked home anyways because it was my school walk a couple blocks, the mall across the street from that, my apartments But why? and would... in the mall was Sam Goody and I would just go home and spend, <laughs> I'm not even kidding spend like a solid or two there a day on my way home. Just at the listening stations? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> listening to them, uh, especially on Tuesdays, of course. Right, right, right. Checking, I mean, everybody knew me, you know, checking out, waiting for the next Pearl Jam album, whatever, judge me, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but back to my point, which is, you know, 
I couldn't imagine being in like a super high stress or more so environment like that. Like I, I don't even like when people judge me now. Yeah. Let alone when the world is judging me. They're talking about what I'm wearing and what I'm doing and my music and who I'm dating and what you know, like the way I walk. Yeah. Yeah, and I've I've gone on tours as a, a tech. Right. And just that lifestyle is fucking miserable. Like, there's a reason that it's not a thing that I do. And, yeah, there's there's no way that I could... I, I can't... I can't even imagine it. I don't even like going camping, so I'm good on that. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good camp. It just, it just sounds like camping with a bunch of smelly dudes. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. More or less. <laughs> You're like, sure. Yeah, it's, uh... We sleep in a van instead of outside, but yeah, we smell. Yeah, sleep in a van, <laughs> occasionally get a floor that you can sleep on. <laughs> no, thank you. But there, there are starting to be some, you know, some organizations that are available for musicians to help with this. And this isn't, this isn't a problem that's exclusive to big musicians, signed artists, know. you know, local um, unsigned artists, everyone, every person can deal with these types of problems. And it's it's essential that you realize that it's not something that you can handle on your own. You have to, you, as hard as it is, especially in that moment, you have to bite the bullet and, and try to force yourself past that stigma to ask for help. Absolutely. And I think that those... You know, those artists that are going through that um, shouldn't shy away from their art because I think that's a really good outlet for them. You know, I mean, even those people that are struggling in mental hospitals, they use a lot of art therapy during that time because that's something that can help them get through that. And it's kind of cool because a lot of those that are going, you know, coming out into society after that, they still keep that with them, you know, and so they're more attracted to artistic positions and pursuits within their life right yeah. so those painters dancers yeah well, whatever it's, it might be it's also i think important for them to include that in their art because like like we were talking about earlier when you're a kid you feel like every emotion that you feel when you're in that adolescent teenage era year, yeah era, um it's the first time you, you're feeling it right you feel, you feel so, so alone, alone. Oh, we just connected. <laughs> and so, it was not planned. No. And so having having musicians or artists that can express those emotions in the way that you're feeling it is helpful to say, like, I'm not alone. Right. Having other people who like that artist who... Come out, yeah. yeah. Who also have said, you know, hey, like, the reason that I like listening to this band is because of this, because I connect to this emotion. Right. Then you have a person to connect to, and all of a sudden you're starting to build a community. Right. Um, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about is, you know, when we are growing up, that's all we had was this music, and it, we would have to latch on to these artists that were talking about whatever we were going through at the time and connecting with them. You know, kids today have the internet. Yeah. So while it's music is still probably the biggest piece there are other places that uh, other places that you can reach out yeah you know whether there's discussion groups i don't care facebook right you know i mean i see it all the time <laughs> even people my age reaching out on facebook yeah i can tell when something's up how many times have you seen a vague post right yeah and you're just like oh crap what's up right you know i don't care how people reach out i just hope that they they do exactly yeah you know because like no one no one's alone in this like we've all felt this way at some point, whether we have um, 
really come forward with it or not. And it's there's there's absolutely no shame in asking for help. Like I can't fucking say it enough. Nope. Because like you said before, it will pass. And in that moment, and that's typically when people make those decisions, right? Like suicidal decisions. We, I've you know reading a lot about um, those that have these moments where they go and either kill themselves or kill other people in an environment, right? They grab guns. Yep. That is a split second decision. Right. In those, and you know, some are planned out, and and maybe that's, you know, it's gone on for a few months. But that doesn't mean that that won't pass either. Exactly. And, and as, as an artist or a musician or as just a consumer of a music. <laughs> yeah, a viewer, consumer. You, you have options. If, the, if you don't feel like you can talk, someone, talk to someone close to you or talk to someone who's there or you know, put up a post on Facebook or reach out on a message board, mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, there's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. There are lots of different organizations that are there specifically for that. Right. Um, if you're a kid in school, you have counselors and people available to you. Who are specifically trained to deal with... Exactly. This. So it's... it's yeah, I'll say it. I'll say it again because I can't say it enough. You got to talk. You got to talk about it. Do it. You got to talk Bring about it. Bring it up. Taco about it. You got to talk about Taco. it. Taco. Tacos yeah. are great. Tacos are the best. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you want more, who wouldn't, right? Check us out on all of the social medias. That's right. You can find us on Twitter at Eruption, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Eruption, or on our homepage, eruptionmusic.com.